Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Amen. Thank you, Jill. You're awesome. We love you. (laughs) We love Maisie. We love Max, who we'll see in heaven one day. Amen. It's good. Those of you who know Jill, you know, in telling that story, you might um, have noticed that we had to obscure the identity of um, the little one that came to be with us for a year or so, just for privacy, obviously. So there you go. Okay, you can be seated. You're amazing. Thank you very much. Am I going to sing a song with this? (gasps) Hey, cutie pie. You're amazing. All right. Got your Bibles? Thank you. Incredible people. Wow. Might come. Light's interesting. Happy? Fantastic. Me too. God is good. Amen. All right, so you know what? Tonight we've prayed enough. God knows that we're committing the Word to Him in Jesus' Name. Amen? Amen. Punch the person beside you and say, Amen. Amen. (sighs) The girl beside you doesn't have any paper. She doesn't have any paper and a pen, loan or something, all right, so she can take notes. Awesome. Thank you, guys. (laughs) I'm like, there's no light up here, people. My 54-year-old eyes can't see anything. Hallelujah, but we're good to go. Amen. In the entertainment centre, it was obviously in the round and we've created this round stage, but it really was in the round. So not only was it this big, but there was a whole nother level there where all the band was, you know, so it was a really big, big, big round thing. (laughs) And when I got up there the first night, I was a little intimidated because the band all left me and I was like, I felt very exposed with all these people around and about, but then we got seriously used to it and it was lovely. Such a nice environment, it's like a big lounge room. Hey, you know what? As we start tonight, I just want to um, I want to read a prayer that I actually wrote and put into this invitation, your invitation to the conference. And um, <clears throat> you know, I wrote it intentionally. It was on the back page and what have you. And I just want to read it over our lives again as we start this weekend. And our prayer. This is our, what we wrote. Our prayer. Our prayer. Our prayer. Heartfelt is that you personally, you personally will know how valued and important you are, that the potential within you will emerge and touch the world as intended, that your beautiful feet, do you believe that you have beautiful feet? That's good. Like just check out everybody's feet. All right, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those. Hallelujah. Did anyone get a pedicure before they came or, you know, have we got serious claws happening? We need to do something with our feet. (laughs) All right, serious now. My prayer was very poetic, but it's heartfelt. My prayer is that your beautiful feet will be amongst those who bring good news, that mercy, grace and goodness will follow you all the days of your life, that your neighbourhood and community, city and nation will know the saving grace and freedoms that heaven above intended, that we together, hallelujah, that we together will know the one who keeps us and in turn will watch over one another. That we will allow ourselves to be the planting of the Lord, to be His planting. And that together, together, everyone say together, hallelujah, we will stand tall, we will all stand one day as beautiful, mature, risen sisterhood of daughters who understood the days that we were entrusted with. That is my heartfelt prayer. And you know, girls, in preparing what I would share with you tonight, you know, there's really no end of verses that frame this message and what we're sitting in. No end of beautiful verses. And, you know, for some reason, coming into this conference, for some reason I felt compelled to choose and allow a certain passage of Scripture to be what was quickened 
And that, those verses obviously are Isaiah chapter 60. And it's what we wrote in this um, conference invitation. It's what you heard spoken over us at the beginning of tonight. And it's actually where I wanna start tonight, if I may. So I wanna start in those verses in Isaiah chapter 60, and I wanna finish tonight with some verses that are just um, resounding in my spirit at the moment from the book of, um, not the book of Isaiah, the book of Song of Solomon. So Isaiah 60, one through five in the Amplified reads like this, it'll go on the screen. It says, arise, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Many of you are familiar with these verses. It says, shine, shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, O Jerusalem, and His glory shall be seen on you. And nations, nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about you and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried and nursed in the arms. Then you shall see and be radiant and your heart shall thrill and tremble with joy at the glorious deliverance and be enlarged because the abundant wealth of the sea shall be turned to you and unto you shall the nations come with their treasures. In the Message Bible, it reads like this. In the Message, it says, get out of bed. Don't you love that? Hallelujah. Get out of bed, Jerusalem, wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. And the whole earth is wrapped in darkness and all people are sunk in darkness, in deep darkness. But God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your sunburst brightness. Look up, look around. Watch as they gather. Watch as they approach you. Your sons coming from great distances, your daughters carried by their nannies. When you see them coming, you'll smile, big smiles. And your heart will swell and yes, burst. All those people returning by sea for the reunion, a rich harvest of exiles gathered in from the nations in Jesus' Name. You know, mid-January, I sat in a um, creative meeting with some of our creative team. Um, it was with some of our production team and it was in context of this conference. And there's only a few of us there, but they posed a question at, them, at me and they pretty much said, so Pastor Bobby, kind of went like this, so Pastor Bobby, what do you want to achieve um, this colour, what do you want to achieve? And um, I remember looking back at them and you know, it was mid-January, post-Christmas holidays, post-Christmas, all right? So empathise with me here. Mid-January, post-holidays, I can barely remember my own name, let alone what I want to achieve. This is why we have to get so much of this conference done before Christmas, because we all go on brain holiday and it takes a while to come back. And so I pretty much looked at them like, oh my goodness. But I kind of pretty much answered with this response. I kind of looked at them and I said, okay, here's the deal guys, here's the deal. In a nutshell, in a nutshell, we have a message to tell. We have a mandate to fulfill or deliver. We have a movement to mobilise. We have a truth to unveil. Not only a truth, but truths to unveil. We have a mosaic or a story to weave. Um, we have a world to awaken and a world to change in a nutshell. Pretty much looked at them and went, okay, so Bob's your uncle, is that enough to work on? And uh, <laughs> they all kind of looked back at me as we all do on occasion. And um, all our eyes enlarged, our pupils large, enlarged. And we were sort of like, right. And I was telling the girls on the, in the first conference that Ben Field, who's um, an amazing guy in our church, he oversees all of our television and so many of these beautiful things that you see on the screen. He kind of looked at me across the table and he kind of was like, Right, Pastor Bobby, right. Do you, um, do you think you could just say that again so I could write that down? All right, you know, we've got a message to tell, a mandate to fulfil, a, a movement to mobilise, a truth to unveil, a mosaic or story to weave, a world to awaken and a world to change. But you know what? The truth of the matter, girls, really, is that, you know, this is actually, though, that compilation of words, this has actually been our objective really for the last 15 years. Really, it hasn't changed. You know, in the last 15 years, for the last 15 years, you know, we have cut our teeth. We cut, 15 years ago, we cut our teeth on a message. We cut our baby teeth, so to speak, on a message. You know, a simple, clear message that pretty much said, tell them. It was the God whisper. Tell them, the God directive, tell them. Tell them, that. tell who? Tell them, tell the women, whoever they are. Tell them that there's a God in heaven who believes in them. And not only that, but a company of others. In other words, you're not alone. 
And you know what? Agree with me or not here, girls, but is the gospel any more complicated than engaging a searching soul and telling them that there is someone, capital S, who believes in them? And not only that, but enough to die for them. So we cut our baby teeth on that message. Then that message kind of became a mandate. A mandate, it became a compelling mandate or a compelling directive from a God in heaven who basically needed his daughters to know something themselves about their own value and and where they fit in the scheme of things so that they in turn could become carriers of that very same mandate. And then lo and behold, everyone say lo and behold, (laughs) when we weren't looking, that mandate kind of turned into a movement. It's turned into a movement. And for the past 15 years in our own nation and beyond, a fabulous, and I say fabulous movement, thousands of everyday girls around the world have responded to the spirit of sisterhood. They have responded to the spirit of sisterhood and where churches are engaging the reality that there is something upon the daughters for such a time as this, okay, the effect of that is being felt. So, you know, the mandate kind of turned into a movement. You know, our own church has strength for a number of reasons. Now, obviously, this is Colour Conference. Welcome, if you've never been here before. And, you know, but you know what? You're actually in Hillsong Church. Oh, shock horror. (laughs) You're in Hillsong Church. And, you know, we host and we carry this conference and we we love to do that. So we're a local church, like many of you. We're a local church. And, you know, there's great strength in our house. Our house is not perfect by any means. We haven't arrived. But there is strength within our house, you know, for a number of of reasons, but one of the reasons is because the feminine heart is unharnessed. The feminine heart is unharnessed, unharnessed, it is believed in. In many ways, it is unshackled in Jesus' name. And you know what? That very feminine heart brings a brilliance to the place. The, the unshackled feminine heart within our house brings a brilliance, something beautiful to the house. I'm smiling because Phil Dooley was here last week, Phil Dooley who is now in Cape Town and he, he, when he heard that line, he just went off on it all week about how his feminine heart was now unshackled. <laughs> you know, so they make a joke of my poetry, but anyway, that aside, <laughs> I can make an own, my own jokes about my own poetry, but, but it's true. It's amazing. You know, we, we're singing this song. We have this beautiful new song and I think we, I think we just sang it actually. And um, there's a beautiful line in it where it says that um, he whispered them all to their place. He whispered them all to their place. And um, I know that that song, I think it's Rhythms of Grace. And I know what it's, the lyric is actually talking about God whispering the stars into their place. But in all honesty, when I hear it, I feel like it's us. I feel like God is whispering us to our places as women. You know, a couple of years ago, (coughs) we, um, you know, we had, we wanted to kind of, Mm, um, what's the word? <sighs> drive home doesn't sound quite romantic, does it? But we wanted to drive home how that we are empowered by the Spirit of God. We had that big, beautiful, you know, dove flying in, hallelujah. And, um, you know, there was a scene a couple of years ago in one of the opening dances and, you know, the beautiful ballerina did this and across the screen, a whole lot of like doves, you know, sort of just flew across like a flock. And there's this amazing verse. So I kind of, with our lives, when it comes to the whispers on our lives, the God whispers on our, li- on our lives, I kind of perceive it like that. I see us as a whole flock of doves with the Spirit of God upon us just flying back to our places and our positions. I'm telling you all of that to tell you this. There's this amazing verse, which I just want to share because I can, in Isaiah 60, that same amazing chapter that I was reading from, verse eight, where it says, who are these? Who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? I just have this vision of God gathering this movement. I'm talking about this, you know, gathering of girls becoming this movement. All of us with the God dynamic on us, all of us with the God whisper in our heart, God speaking to our heart, you know, whatever. And then us flying like a flock of doves or like a great host to wherever we're supposed to go. I kind of love that thought in Jesus' Name. You know, when I, you know, ponder the thought of the mandate becoming a movement, you know, I, I feel I, I want to say that, you know, when things are birthed in the Spirit, when things are birthed in the Spirit, they reproduce after their kind. Like, you labour to that end, but, but it's like if it's birthed by God's Spirit, it will reproduce. It will reproduce after itself. And the Spirit of sisterhood across the earth is reproducing after her kind. 
She is seriously reproducing after her kind. And it's something that, you know, it's hard to, to measure or to track or to control. And, and in all truth, I actually don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But, you know, wherever it has been felt or um, embraced, the fruit of it bears witness that God is doing something on the earth with His daughters. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, again, I feel nothing within me that needs to, you know, control it or track it or whatever. I do love being able to tell the collective story of what God is doing. I think that's important because there's power in that. But again, where that spirit is reproducing itself, do you know what the effect is really being felt? And so many of you are sitting in this room and your testimony to that and, you know, the places that you've come from, you've gone back and, do you know, the effect of it is rolling out. There is a ripple effect. God is doing something. So, you know, our message became a mandate. A mandate it has become and is becoming a movement, a great host of women across the earth. You know, Psalm 68, signature verses, as we all know, you know, it says, the Lord gives the word of power, the women who bear and carry it are a great host. It's a messianic psalm. It says, when you begin to see, um, I had scribes from Israel say that when you begin to see great companies of women gathering and being the spirit of this, being the spirit of sisterhood, then it's actually indicative of His return. And that is what God is doing in our, in our time frame. It's fully amazing. And you know, the full sum, the full sum of the power of us and what God is doing amongst His daughters, do you know what? Probably the, the full weight of it will never truly understand this side of eternity. Is that true? Do you believe that? Totally. It's amazing. I did this little um, um, message with our girls earlier, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, had our own local sisterhood and We've kind of just been camping around this sort of shouting louder, shouting louder what we do know and what we do have in our lives. And I did this little exercise to try and, you know, um, show the girls the power of us and not the power of this room necessarily, but the power of us, our own local sisterhood. And I did this little mathematical equation to get a picture of the, the sum total of our strength in years, meaning like what we bring to the table, what we can bring and and experience and wisdom and what have you, what have you. And so we did this little mathematical sum. I got someone on our team to do the math and I said, okay, I want you to tell me um, clearly how many women there are in um, Hillsong Church, Australia, all right? So I wanna know how many girls are in our Australian church. So they gave me that figure. And then we times it by our average age, which is 27 years. Do you know what the sum total of our strength, the power of us, our strength in years is for our little world? Do you want to hear what it is? It's staggering. It's nearly 900,000 years. So I'm talking to our girls, trying to make them understand the power of what is in the room, the power of wisdom, the power of experience, the power of us together, what we can bring collectively to the table, nearly 900,000 years. 900,000 years of life, experience, wisdom, life through thick and thin, what have you. Pretty amazing, don't you think? It's a little bit staggering. I was like shocked. I'm like, did you do that math right? Seriously. And you know, some, by comparison, sometimes you like, you go, okay, so you see a bank and um, you know, they'll, they'll like be bragging that they have like 150 years of experience up their sleeve. Awesome. Or, you know, a board of reference who go, yeah, we have 80 years of experience on the table. Well, excuse me, just our local sisterhood alone, let alone your local sisterhood, okay? Hillsong Sisterhood, Sydney alone, not London, not any other place, 900,000 years. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> and, you know, in that mix, I was thinking, okay, we'll all be that. That was every single woman. So, you know, my grand, I've got two grandbabies and they're only seven months. So Willow and Lexi, they bring all of seven months experience to the table, but they're pretty profound. You know, right through to some of the golden girls. But you know what? The power of this movement is actually staggering. And you know, if we can get a revelation in our own worlds where you come from and that to the power of what you actually hold in your hand and what we actually have an opportunity to bring to the table, pretty amazing, don't you think? So this movement, I need to march along here. This movement, I believe, is not militant or self-seeking, but it is rather a beautiful mosaic story being woven across the world. It truly is. And it's something that only God in heaven can orchestrate. I mean, really, if we reflect back, and I'm just laying some foundational thoughts here, but who could have ever imagined that in this 15-year period of time, who could have imagined that a little sisterhood down here in Oz, Australia, could ignite a sisterhood in Uganda? 
Kampala, Uganda with Marilyn Skinner, who then would ignite a sisterhood in Gulu, in Jesus' Name, who would then flame, not ignite because it was already ignited, but flame a sisterhood right across the other side of the planet in Eastern Europe, in Kiev, Ukraine. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I mean, who, I mean, only God could orchestrate this. And I share that story because this time last year, I went up to Kalakiev and up there, and um, I know you all know that we host it there. And I had, there was this moment that drove this home. And so long story short, there was a, a young girl, a young girl, her name is Polina, who had been um, rescued out of human trafficking and then had become part of the A21 team and our sisterhood up there. And so the team organised for her to come to colour. She's all of about 18 years of age. She has a baby, you know, on a hip. She came 16 hours on a train to Kiev to be part of colour. Sat in a meeting like this, you know, not unlike this, gave a heart to Jesus, finds Christ. And then the next morning we come into what is a sisterhood session. And here I look over and here is Polina. I've got pictures of her, hopefully that will go up. Um, lean over and here she is on the edge of her seat, leaning forward listening and being inspired and empathising with tears rolling down her face as she listens to the story of Nancy. Remember Nancy from Uganda, Gulu? Okay, Nancy telling her story. Nancy with no nose and lips or mouth because they've been severed off in the war. And here's Polina, a human trafficked victim. Okay, just got brand new safe, leaning in, crying, empathising, weeping and being inspired by Nancy in Gulu. I mean, do you know what? Only Jesus Christ could do that. Only God could orchestrate that. Did, did those pictures go up? Oh, shame. Never mind. Beautiful pictures of Polina with her little baby. But anyway, so God is good. You know, this movement, I believe, is brushed with a spirit of helper. Again, it's not militant or feminist in the wrong sense, but it is beautiful. It is brushed with a spirit of helper. Genesis 2 and 3, where God says, you know what, mankind, you're awesome, but you need a helper. You need someone who's gonna come alongside you, not be in front or behind or underneath, but beside you, who's gonna compliment you and help you and stand with you. And that word helper means one who helps, one who comes, comes alongside, one who seeks to be a blessing, one who stands in the gap if a gap is prevailing. I love that. And again, what God is doing across the earth amongst His daughters is just seriously something that only a masterful God in heaven could orchestrate or weave in Jesus' name because He is joining the dots, and is He not? We're living in an amazing day where God is joining the dots. You know, the truths being revealed within all of this are as diverse and far-reaching and profound and beautiful and lovely as that which literally, you know, sets the captive, the trafficked, the abused free, to that which, you know, gives a, a young mum perspective with a tantrum throwing toddler, to that which, you know, empowers, you know, a young woman with a dream in her heart, to that which waters a marriage because it needs nourishment, to that which actually engages an elderly neighbour and draws her into a, a solution of mix in Jesus' Name. The truths being revealed within this sisterhood are as diverse and beautiful as that. You know, in two days' time, when we do our, one of our sisterhood sessions, you've got to hear the story of Dottie and the Bears, all right? So pay attention when Dottie's story comes on the screen, Dottie and the Bears, because it's a beautiful story of an elderly lady who got welcomed and embraced and drawn into this mix of solution happening on the earth. And you know, girls, we all know, we all know, don't we, that there is a world to awaken. There is a world to awaken in Jesus' Name and there is a secular world out there that seriously needs to awaken to a beautiful, brilliant, relevant, engaging, rock-solid church as God intended in Jesus' Name. And also there is a church that needs to awaken and we need to awaken seriously to a world in need. And a church, you know, we need to awaken and become a church that can bridge the great divides of humanity in the same way that our Saviour King did. In Jesus' Name. And, you know, I love that. And, you know, I can't help but talk about the church. I love the church of Jesus Christ. I love His bride. And, you know, we all know, hallelujah, we all know that the church isn't perfect. Is she? <laughs> Praise the Lord. She's not perfect because she's got the likes of you and I in it. But, you know, we all know that the church isn't perfect. And we all know that she has failings. Hello. But you know, last year I shared a message and I shared a powerful moment about the Spirit and the Bride. In Revelation it says, there's this amazing moment at the end of time where the church stands tall and beautiful and magnificent and risen and mature. And with the Spirit of God, the beautiful Holy Spirit together, the Spirit and the Bride together say, come to humanity, come. 
thirsty ones, come in Jesus' Name. And I believe that the church is maturing to that place in all, in all honesty. But you know what? I reckon, I reckon so many people, even within the body of Christ, speak ill of her. They speak ill of the bride. And you know, we shouldn't do that. And I think the more of us who can, can be, who can become advocates of the church. The more of us who speak well of her, the more of us who speak of her potential. We know she has failings, but the more of us who speak well of her and speak beautifully of her and speak of her potential, then I believe the more pleased our God in heaven will be. In Jesus' Name, and I say that intentionally because there are aspects of the body of Christ that are rising up who don't speak beautifully of the church, who speak disparagingly of her. And, 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 and they shouldn't do that in Jesus' Name. Because let's face it, girlfriends of the earth, hallelujah, you don't say to a groom, you don't say to a groom, let alone a heavenly groom, your bride sucks, mate. (laughs) Do you? You don't say that. You don't say that. And you know what? We have a heavenly groom and he loves his bride. He loves his church, warts and all. He loves her with all her flaws. He has a plan for her not to be like that, for her to be prepared and for her to grow up and maturing and to find a stance that He intended. You don't say that. And we all know, we all know for a fact that there are aspects of the church where it's like, hello, praise the Lord. You look like you've been sucking lemons. You should really not do that. We all know there's parts of the church that are not beautiful, but you know what? She's lovely. And we need to speak well of her. And so it seems over the last, you know, long time, <laughs> it seems that in recent times, the Spirit of God has been blasting an even louder awakened message. Awake. A magnificent song has gone out across the earth. Awake, my soul, awake. And, you know, every man and his dog who can is preaching an awakened message. And it's by the Spirit of God because God is awakening. Nothing is new under the sun. There's always an awakened message for every generation. But it's like this generation, God's Spirit is seeking for us to awaken. But can I just say tonight as I set, hopefully set the scene, do you know what? Just being awake isn't enough. Being awake isn't enough. And like Isaiah says, you know what? We've got to get out of bed. He says, get out of bed. Get out of bed, Jerusalem, it says in verse one. Get out of bed. Get, there it is on the screen. Get out of bed. It goes on and it says, you know what? Wake up. So you and I, we've got to truly wake up in Jesus' Name. We've got to wake up. Because some people think, I'm awake, but you're still in bed. So it's get out of bed and wake up. And you know what? There are degrees of wake, of awake. There are degrees of awake. And you know, as in the, you know, as in the natural, so in the spiritual. And you know, sometimes people wake up, some people just wake up instantly. Man alive, they're awake in Jesus' Name, in the natural and in the spiritual, they are awake. <laughs> then there's other people and it takes a while. You know, some people take a little while to wake up. Some people wake up with one eye. I'm awake. It's awesome. I'm awake. I'm so spiritually awake. It's awesome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you know what? Maybe two eyes would be good because if you open two eyes, maybe you would see a little bit further. The peripheral of what we have to achieve might enhance in Jesus' Name. There are some people who take hours to wake up. There are some people who have, have every intention of waking up, but not before noon. Do you have any people in the room like that? You are the noon babies. Hands up if you're a noon baby, if just noon comes naturally to you. Come on, confess up, fess up. Where are all the sleepy heads? Love you to death. That's fine in the natural to a degree, all right? But not in the spiritual. Not in the spiritual because you know what? We need to be awake before noonday because if you're not awake by noonday, there's some verses in the Bible that are pretty scary like in Psalm 91 where it says, you know what? Maybe you need to wake up because you need to wake up because sometimes destruction comes at noonday and you don't wanna be asleep. You don't wanna be asleep or missing the plot or not understanding should destruction come at noonday. And you know, I don't wanna be a prophet of doom here, but the days are changing, the times are changing. You know, when you begin to see all of these things happening on the earth, they are but the beginning, the birth pangs of something beginning to happen on the earth. And these are days for not being asleep. These are days for being awake in Jesus' Name. Because you do not wanna be asleep spiritually when destruction lays waste at noonday. In Jesus' Name. And the promise of Psalm 91, it's a magnificent promise for these coming days. The promise is to those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. 
The promise of angels watching over you. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your, at your other side, okay? That, that could be a very real prophecy for people in Japan right now. Okay, so you're, you're on the page with me. But you know, the promise of angels watching over us are to those who are caught up in acts of obedience and service. So you know what? They're serious days and we need to be awake in Jesus' Name. And then not only that, but we've got to put our face to the sunshine. Isaiah says, put your face in the sunlight. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen over you. Put your face in the sunlight. Wake up, get out of bed. And before you do anything else, put your face into the sunlight. Look heavenward into your amazing God. Do you know what, girls? None of us, none of us can function outside of His light. Outside of His light, His love, His grace, His warmth, His Word, His Spirit, His endless continual nourishment of our souls so that we might achieve what we are on the planet to achieve. In Jesus' Name. You know, nature teaches us so many beautiful lessons. Nature teaches us that when pure light penetrates a prism, what is released is a rainbow of colours. Yet again, nature teaches us a lesson about the the pure white light of God, the goodness, the, the awesomeness of our God penetrating our lives and what comes forth from that. And you know, I can't help, I get excited when I read that because you know, for years and years and years, this world, this conference is called Colour. Colour your world. Colour your world with the goodness of God. Colour your world with the glory of God. And here it's talking about His sunburst glory rising upon us. His glory. And when it talks in the New Testament about the manifest glory of God, the word manifest, every year I tell you, it says manifest literally means in the Strong's Bible Dictionary, it says the many tints and hues and colourful expressions, the many tints and hues and colourful expressions of God's goodness entering the human arena. That would be us, girlfriends. And then we've got to turn on the TV, kind of, so to speak. (laughs) You know, verse two, it says, the whole earth is wrapped in darkness. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people are sunk in deep darkness. Newsflash, the world is not well. The world is not well, have you noticed? She's not well, the earth is trembling. The earth is trembling. These are uncertain days. All the more reason for the likes of you and I who know this amazing God to stand strong so that we can be a tower of strength to those around about us. You know, Proverbs chapter 30 talks about four things under which the earth trembles. Four things under which the earth quakes and trembles. Interesting to note that two of them are in context or reference of the displacement of women. So these are interesting days in Jesus' Name. But you know what, I love God because there's a but. Praise God, there is a but in Jesus' Name, a but with one T, not two Ts, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. And it's our mandate and it's beautiful. It says, but God, but God rises on you and I, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. But God rises on us. Okay, the earth is full of darkness. All people wrapped in darkness, but, everyone say but. But God arises on us, His sunrise glory breaking over us, like a sunrise, amen? Let's take the analogy, day in, day out, not His glory, His goodness rising upon us once or twice, you know, whenever we feel like it, no, every day, the days that we are entering, every day, His sunrise glory needs to be breaking over us, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. You know what, these are days for personal devotion, These are days for you and I, awakening, getting out of bed, putting our face to the sunlight and going, come on, Father, in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Amen? Amen. I love that. And then it says, you know, nations will come to your light and kings to your sunburst brightness. And again, I really believe that in these coming days, you know what, the brightness factor, the brightness, the, 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 the contrast in these coming days, the days that are in front of us, whatever they are. (laughs) You know what? The contrast between the redeemed and the unredeemed will be staggering because the world will get darker and darker. In the Amplified, it talks about darkness. It actually means depression, despondency, despair, all of these things. And that, (laughs) so sad. And yet upon us will be a brightness and a brightness for a reason in Jesus' Name, amen? A brightness so that we can draw men and women to the goodness of God. So the Word says, look up and look around in Jesus' Name. So I guess our never ending challenge is to keep looking up 
whilst never ceasing to look around at the need, because that's what it says here. Look up and look around. Look up and look around. Look up and look around. And you might think, well, of course. You know, of course we're, we're never gonna cease as the Church of Jesus Christ to look around and see the needs around us. But you know what? When disaster and pain become the norm on television, when they become the norm, oh, another tsunami, another earthquake, and we watch it and then we flick the channel. And you know, when those things become the norm on TV and when men's hearts grow cold, as it says in Matthew 24, when men's hearts grow cold, wax cold because of the intensity of the days, then the challenge upon the likes of you and I in here is that our hearts do not grow weary in doing good. Galatians 6 says that, for do not grow weary in doing good in Jesus' Name. So let me backtrack to January. So the boys are like, so Pastor Bobby, what do you wanna achieve? What do you wanna achieve in this conference? So I guess, I guess I want us to continue to know that it's by His Spirit. It is by His Spirit, whatever God is calling each and every one of us to, it is by His Spirit. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because He has anointed us, you know, to preach the Gospel, to preach the truth, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to proclaim the acceptable day of our God. I guess I want us to know, like it says in Zechariah, that it is not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. I guess... I guess I want more than anything this weekend, more than anything for His Spirit to overshadow us yet again and do what only He can do. Do you know what? Our team are amazing and we can create this beautiful environment and we can do that. But you know what? It's not about that. Like this just sets the table. It's like, God, have your way. If you turn up Jesus and do what you need to do in our lives, amazing. You know, I guess I want you to know, and I say this with humility of heart, I guess I want you to know that there is something in the soil and the water of this message. There is something. And you know, God spoke very clear to me a number of years ago and said, you create an environment, you create, a, you create, create an environment, a conference, a gathering. You create a conference. And I believe that I've, my mandate is to do that. And then God comes and ignites or stirs or waters what is within our lives. And I wanna say to you that if there is anything on your life that has been ignited and stirred in this place, then continue to allow the environment to water you because it has something to do with the planting, the soil. There is something in the water, there is something in the soil. We don't graduate in Jesus' Name from the place of that Empowerment, really. And I don't say that with any agenda except to say it. You know, a number of years ago, I've shared this before, but, you know, Cindy Jacobs came to our, our nation and this is 11 years ago, February 2000. She prophesied a number of things over our nation and, and in the midst of it, she prophesied, she said this, I've read it before, I've spoken it before here at Colour, but she said, this is a nation of women pioneers, prophesying. You are of great stock, this is the hour of visitation for Australia. And from Sydney, there will be an army of women pioneers. God is going to use the women pioneers the way that He used Catherine Booth. Catherine Booth of Salvation Army fame in Jesus' Name. From Sydney, you're of great stock. You are of great stock. This is a nation of women pioneers. This is an hour of visitation and from Sydney. Not saying, if you live in Sydney only, but from Sydney, there's something in the water, there's something in the soil, there's something in the message. From Sydney, out of what God has been doing in our midst. And you know what, there's no border to it. But you know what God is doing from Sydney is gonna come an army of women pioneers who will carry the same anointing and mandate as Catherine Booth. It's pretty profound. What do I want to achieve? I guess I want us all to understand that He hasn't finished with us yet. The message isn't old, it's but young, and this is but a foundation. And you know, we need to strengthen what we do know and what we do understand so that God can build for the future in Jesus' Name, because He's got a plan. This is but the beginning in Jesus' Name. 
And I guess ultimately, if I bring anything fresh to the table, I guess ultimately I want us to know that we are not going to accomplish anything. We're not going to accomplish any of this from a place of striving or urgency. You know, urgency that sometimes is tainted with panic because of the times in which we might be living. You know, we're not going to achieve any of this from a place of human flurry or even human genius, but rather from a place of rest in Jesus' Name. A place of rest, a place of calm resolve that is not passive, but calm resolve that issues from a place of calm abiding and calm knowing in Jesus' Name. I'm gonna ask the team to join me tonight. Come up here and, you know, I believe the Spirit of God wants to do something in here and I'm gonna allow Him to do that. You know, in a nutshell, girls, you know, we're gonna change the world by the grace of God. Do you believe that? We're gonna change the world. Anyone not with me? We're gonna change the world. Okay. By the grace of God, we are gonna add our two bobs worth to the mix. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, we're gonna change the world, number one, by living louder. By living louder. By living louder, by living what we do know louder in Jesus' Name. Do I have any friends in the place? We've got to live it louder from a whisper to a shout. So it's now a shout. It's resounding around the earth. God values His daughters. God wants His daughters to be part of the mix and the plan and the army and the the miracle of what He's doing. Okay, from a whisper to a shout. But you know what? The shout needs to get louder. It needs to get stronger. We need to live what we do have. It's not a, a vocal shout necessarily. It's but you and I understanding the revelations and the grace and the miracles and the stories and the wonder of what we have discovered in Christ and we live it louder in Jesus' Name. It's you taking whatever God has done in your life, whatever you know to be true in Him and going to your place of planting and living it louder. Positioning yourself so that people can get around you and hear what is on your life and see what is on your life. You know, maybe God's done something phenomenal for you. He's healed you or He's given you an incredible breakthrough and it's like awesome and He did it for you because you're amazing and He loves you, but it's not just for you. You have a story to tell. You have something to share. You have something to live loud in Jesus' Name. We're gonna change the world secondly by again living from a place of rest, a place of rest. Again, calm resolve by being familiar with a place of rest, (sighs) by constantly visiting a place of rest with our God, by drawing aside and allowing Him to speak into our hearts and our lives, drawing strength and understanding from Him in Jesus' Name. You know, Jesus, our Saviour King, He knew how to rest. He came from heaven to earth with a mission, but He knew how to rest. And even when as a young boy, He stood in the temple, Luke 4, Account, you know, recounts it and he stood there and he took the, 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 the scrolls from Isaiah and he read, he said, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, and he proclaimed really who he was. And then he rolled the scrolls up and he said, today Scripture is fulfilled in your midst. And then it says he sat down, he sat down, he rested, he sat down. If that was you and I, we probably would have blown a trumpet and said, da-da-da-da, here I am, rally the troops. But it says he sat He sat and then it goes on, if you read the Scripture there, it says, you know what? They looked at Him and they marvelled. They marvelled at His words of grace. We're gonna change the world by again understanding the power of us, the power of what is in the room, the host, and then the host behind the host, behind the host, behind the host, and the world of influence that we have yet to influence in Jesus' Name. We're gonna change the world by understanding that, by understanding whose we are and who we are in Christ and what we're called to. And I wanna say again, you know, this sisterhood, this sisterhood is not a random force. She is a force within the force. And the force is the Church of Jesus Christ in Jesus' Name. You know, as I finish tonight, an old saint from ancient times (laughs) said the glory of God is a human being fully awake, fully awake. And tonight I'm choosing to call this message fully awake and fully at rest. Fully awake and fully at rest because I know that in this room, many of you are awake. Some of you aren't and you need to wake up. This is your wake up call. This conference is your wake up call and it's a gentle wake up call. It's not an awful alarm, I promise you. 
It's the Spirit of God knocking on the door of your heart, waking you up. But you know, many of you in this room are fully awake. But the days ahead, girls, demand a different strength and a different presence on our lives that is beyond all of our humanity. And you know, all of us, all of us need to learn the art of being fully at rest. I need to learn the art of being fully at rest. Coming into this conference, I need to learn the art of fully at rest. In Jesus' Name. And I wrote here, in the midst of the intense and heightened and relentless labour that is actually before us because of the times in which God has entrusted, all of us need to learn how to draw aside again and again and again and be infused again and again and again by His love, by His personal assurance in our lives, by His presence and by His strength in Jesus' Name so that we can stand, Amen. As I finish tonight, I wanna read to you from the Song of Solomon, song. And um, I don't know why, how I found myself even in here, but I did. And I re- wanna read it and just leave you with a thought and then we're gonna do something. You okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No matter how hard I try to do this succinctly, I just take forever. But anyway, it's the Song of Solomon 5. And it's this, many of you know the song, and it's like a dialogue. It's between, you know, the beloved and his beloved. And there's many um, applications and, but ultimately I believe it's a, it's a love song between our God and, and us, His beloved. There's lots of lessons that we can learn in our own relationships. But it says here, the beloved, He says, I have come into my garden. I have come into my garden, my sister, my promised bride. I have gathered my myrrh with my balsam and my spice. And from your sweet words, I have gathered the richest perfumes and spices. I've eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. <laughs> sort of all Old Testament, really, anyway. <laughs> Goes, sometimes I'm like, hmm. Says, Edo friends, feast on, O revelers of the palace. You can never make my lover disloyal to me. Drink, yes, drink abundantly of love, O precious one, for now I know you are mine, irrevocably mine. And then it switches and she says, with his confident words, still thrilling in her heart through the lattice, she saw her shepherd turn away and disappear into the night. Okay, with his confident words still ringing in her heart through the lattice, she saw her shepherd king. So indulge this analogy. She saw her shepherd king turn away and disappear into the night. The earth is covered in darkness. The people deep darkness into the night season. And then she responds and says, I went to sleep, I went to sleep, but my heart stayed awake. In the message it says, I was sound asleep, but in my dreams I was wide awake. And then she says, I dreamed that I heard the voice of my beloved as he knocked at the door of my mother's cottage. Open to me, my sister. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my spotless one. He said, for I am wet with the heavy night dew and my hair is covered with it. But weary from a day in the vineyards, I had already sought my rest. I had put off my garment, how could I again put it on? I had washed my feet, how could I again soil them? She goes, but weary from a day in the vineyards. You know, she was not idle. She'd been busy in the vineyards. She was attending. She says, but weary from a day in the vineyards, I had already sought my rest. I had, I had put off my garment. Could I yet again put this garment on? You know, whether that garment was a labourer's garment or a warring garment, she's, she's on the page. She says, I've taken off my garment, I've sought my rest. She says, I'd washed my feet. How could I again soil them? I've been out and about, I've been getting dirty with humanity. I've been attending, I've been, I've been there, but I've washed my feet. How can I again soil them? And then it says, and then she says, my beloved put his hand by the hole of the door and my heart was moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh and my fingers with liquid sweet scented myrrh, which he had left upon the handles of the bolt. Hallelujah. You know, when his presence draws near, it's like, hallelujah. (laughs) And then it says in verse six, it says, 
I opened for my beloved. So she had not responded and then her heart lent in and she responded. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and withdrawn himself and was gone. And it says in the Amplified, my soul went forth to him. My soul went forth to him when he spoke, but it failed me. My soul lent in, but my soul also failed me because I did not respond quick enough. I did not respond to him knocking yet again on the door of my heart. And she says, I sought him, but I could not find him. I called for him, but he gave me no answer. Now, when I read this, and you know, there's a world of meditation in that. I actually don't believe that it's a story of judgment or rebuke. I think it's a story for us to learn from about missed opportunity. You know, there was a love affair happening. She was there, she was willing, she was, I'm here, I'm here, God. And then she sought her rest and then He came knocking again from the night and she leaned in, but she didn't lean in fast enough. And you know, the scenario. And so there's a lesson here of lost opportunity. I don't know if the Spirit of God has ever come knocking on your on the door of your heart and beckoned you to arise or to open the Word or allow Him to speak to you and we've sought our rest instead. So there's a lesson for us in this beautiful love song. And the good news actually is that it's only a dream. She said, I dreamt that my beloved came. There's a lesson for you and I. And I pray that all of us, because I sense that there's so many in this room, you love Jesus, you love your God. But you know, I pray that we will not be like that. As our shepherd king is not yet finished with the night. He went out into the night. There's still work to be done. There's still lives to be gathered. There's still things to be attended to. There's still dirty places that our feet need to trod with the good news. Do you know, I pray that when He comes knocking on the door of our heart and beckons us yet again, no matter how weary we are, no matter how involved we are, that our hearts will respond in Jesus' Name. Do you believe that? Do you know what, girls? This message, and I am finished, but this message... You know, we have a strong, gutsy, humanitarian message. But you know what? It has to be fueled with a love affair with Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.